Merry Christmas and good morning. Welcome to Faith on Hills online Sunday morning service. It is Christmas Eve Sunday. Now, every year, as long as I've been the pastor here, Christmas Sunday has been my shortest sermon of the year. And online is no exception. Now, if you are uh, listening on the audio version or a video version somewhere, we have all kinds of online options. Uh, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you just have to search Faith on Hill Church. You can check out our website, faithonhill.com. And it's always on our Facebook page as well. You can follow us on social media at Faith on Hill. Now, on our website, uh, we also have calendar events so you can know when stuff is going on. Uh, if you want to support the work that God is doing here at Faith on Hill, we have a giving tab as well, and all that is there. But like I said, it's my shortest sermon of the year. So if you can't be with us in person, get ready because I'm going to talk about the meaning of Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. Have you heard somebody say that? Maybe you've gotten it on a Christmas card or seen it on a meme or a bumper sticker. Jesus is the reason for the season. And ultimately, that's true. Uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson was on there, and he was talking about why he doesn't use um, CE or BCE in his writings. You know, because, I don't know, what was it, 20 years ago, they, academia said, we're just going to replace AD and BC. BC stood for before Christ. And then A.D. stood for the Latin Domini, which means the year of our Lord. And so the idea was, you know what, we're, we don't believe in this whole Jesus thing. So academia, what, 20 years ago said, we're just going to say Common Era, C.E., or before Common Era, B.C.E. And Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is not a Christian, who's a, you know, maybe one of the more famous uh, atheists in the world, and he said, that's silly. We all know what we're talking about. We all know what the common era started with. We all know what divides before and after. So why not just say B.C. and A.D. and keep it going because we all know what it's talking about. And there is some truth to when we say Jesus is the reason for the season. Like, okay, yes, we know that Jesus and his birth is what started the observance of Christmas. That being said, for a lot of people, I mean a lot of people, Jesus is not the reason for the season. He's just not. Let's be honest about it. I mean, we have people in our community who don't know what a church is. That's a true story. I've, I've been in that conversation. And even people who do know what a church is, but don't really know what church does or what happens. And I've, I remember last year, somebody showed up. Uh, everybody had gone home on a Sunday afternoon. I was about to lock up the building. And somebody showed up and was just like, I've just realized I don't know what happens at church. Can you, I just, can you tell me what happens at church? And they were just walking by, saw somebody was in the building. We live in a world that is increasingly not like post-Christian, but we're so far removed from Christianity as a culture that we are functionally like pre-Christian. And there are countless people who go through their whole Christmas season year after year, and Jesus is not the reason. It's, it's an uncomfortable truth for a lot of preachers that we don't want to admit to. Jesus is not the reason. Christmas is a time for magic and elves and Santa. And if you're older, trying to like recapture some sort of innocence and joy in a really jaded and cynical world. Christmas is about a lot of different things. And you think about like the traditions that we associate with Christmas. 
have far more to do with different eras of England than they do with the Bible. You know, Santa Claus, Saint Nick, is loosely, I don't, I've never fully understood how they made the jump from, you know, Saint Nick to Father Christmas, but, you know, Saint Nick was a Greek guy who, before the whole Father Christmas thing, was mostly known for punching heretics. He was a real guy. He was a Christian guy. But the whole living at the North Pole thing, that developed over a long, long time. Um, and even, you know, we Americanized it, the whole like red costume and everything. Apparently that came from Coca-Cola. So we added to the tradition over time, but it's not really anything that's in the Bible. These things that are built up. Uh, last year, my wife and I watched a really interesting show on OPB. Um, I know you can find it, they're streaming some places or it's on OPB's website, but it's called The 12 Days of Tudor Christmas. And uh, there's this British historian and she went through you know, what it was like to have the 12 days of Christmas back in Tudor, England, you know, King Henry VIII, that sort of time frame. Decking the halls with boughs of holly was the thing you did. You didn't cut the tree down. You just brought in these big holly boughs and you put them all over your house to decorate. And you didn't do it in November or October. You did it Christmas Eve at the earliest. That was when you did it. And then, you know, when Queen Victoria, in Victorian England, you know, she came along and she married Prince Albert, who was German, and he brought with him the German tradition of the Christmas tree, you know, the Tenenbaum. And uh, so that became popular. And then, you know, American, uh, America added to the, the mythology, Rudolph and Santa Claus and the whole thing. And we've added to it and, it, and it exported it over the world. But if we're honest, almost all of our Christmas traditions are about Secular societies that live in cold northern climates. I mean, that's literally the whole tension in Home Alone 2. Kevin fighting with his mom, do I want to spend Christmas in Florida with palm trees or up in the frozen north of Chicago with real Christmas trees, you know? Uh, when we lived in California, I remember there was a little girl in the church who was watching like Frosty the Snowman or something, and she like talked to her mom about how she wished that snow was real. She thought snow was made up because living in California, she had never seen snow. She thought it was just this thing that was talked about in Christmas movies, but it wasn't real. It was this, you know, this kind of thing that was made up like Santa Claus is made up, right? The truth is that when we say Jesus is the reason for the season, for so many people, that's not true. For so many people, we're just observing traditions that we grew up with. We're living in a certain amount of nostalgia, rocking around the Christmas tree, a song, you know, from like, what, 70 years ago? It was number one on the charts this year. Take that, Mariah Carey. Rocking around the Christmas tree. And I was thinking about, you know, like my kids, and, and Christmas is like this time where it's okay to watch old movies, or it's okay to listen to old music, and nobody like fights it. Like if I were to put on like old 50s rockabilly in, you know, July or something, somebody would be like, oh, why are we listening to that? But if you put it on like, you know, Brian Setzer uh, Christmas or Rock Around the Christmas Tree or something like that. And everybody's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. Christmas increasingly has nothing to do with Jesus for most people. And that's why I think it's so important. And I have nothing against watching Home Alone or singing Holly Jolly Christmas or any of that. I'm wearing an ugly Christmas sweater. You can have fun. We do Christmas trees. We look at Christmas lights, the whole thing. But for Christians... It's all the more reason for us to put Jesus front and center. I want to read something really quick here. In Luke chapter 1, Zechariah is the father of John the Baptist. And through his marriage to his wife Elizabeth, he was somehow 
related like through marriage to Jesus. Jesus's mother and John the Baptist's mother were cousins of some nature. And Zechariah, his son John, who became John the Baptist, is born, and he wrote down this song of praise in Luke chapter 1. He says, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. This is speaking of Jesus. Not of John, his son, but of Jesus. Through his holy prophets, God promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all that hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath God swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. And you, child, now he's speaking to John the Baptist, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, and you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of all their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness in the shadow of death and to guide our feet in the way of peace. This is from Luke chapter 1, verses 68 through 79. And so I just want to say this. You can have fun at Christmas. You can enjoy the Christmas tree and the Christmas lights and all the different traditions that have come up. You can enjoy the the moments of quiet and peace and reflection. All of that is amazing. But know this. What happened, why Christmas matters, is that it was the beginning of the road to the cross. It was the beginning of the road to Good Friday and Easter Sunday. That God himself intervened into our world. He was born among us. And he brought this plan of rescue. And it's so important. It's so dramatic. It's so world-changing that Zechariah, on the day his son is born, his firstborn, his only son, the day that his son is born, he writes a song about a different baby, Jesus being born. He, he celebrates the birth of a different child because that changes everything. John the Baptist had a part to play for sure. But Zechariah is celebrating the birth of a different child because that child, God in human flesh, is the one who brought the way of salvation. Let me tell you this, friends. I believe that we live in a created world. Now, how God created all the things, I don't know. But I see design. I see structure. I believe that there was a creator. And I believe that that creator, that God, has revealed himself to humanity throughout the centuries and the millennia. He has spoken through prophets. He has spoken through signs and wonders. He has spoken through his Holy Spirit. He has spoken through the scripture. And as God has spoken, he has revealed our deep need for him. You see, the original people, whoever they were, the Bible calls them Adam and Eve, but those people rebelled against God. They sinned. They turned away from God's ways and they brought the curse of sin and death that all of us have been suffering under our whole lives. But God loved us so much that he made the way of salvation. And when Jesus was born on that first Christmas night, there he was, the deliverer, born into our mess 
We've been talking for the last couple weeks about uncomfortable Christmas and born into all the mess, all of the dysfunction, all of the, un- all of the uncomfortable things that we don't want to talk about that we're trying to paper over with, with all of the magic and wonder that we try to gin up this time of year. And it was in that moment that God came to save us. There is no sin that God doesn't know about. There's no sin that justice doesn't demand punishment for. But there is no evil, there is no sin that Jesus did not come to save us from. Our lies, our bitterness, our hate, our vengefulness, our greed, all of these things that we see in our world around us, and if we're honest, we know exist in our own hearts, and yet Jesus has come to deliver us and set us free. And when he died on the cross, having never sinned once, when he died on the cross, having known what it was to live a human life, and yet to have never sinned, the Bible says that God the Father placed the sins of all humanity on his shoulders, And he was counted as the acceptable sacrifice for our sins. And any and all who would surrender their lives to Jesus, who would believe that his sacrifice was all we needed, to them is granted the right to come in and be part of God's family, to be counted among the children of God. Doesn't matter if you're old, you're young. Doesn't matter if you're 14 years old or 85. It doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor. It doesn't matter if you're right or you're left. It doesn't matter if you're white or black or brown or you're, you're this or that. It doesn't matter who you are. Every person has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but every person has been offered the free gift of eternal life that is in Christ Jesus. And so this Christmas, I would say Jesus is the reason for this and every season. The only reason we have to celebrate, the only reason we have to hope and to rejoice is because Jesus has set us free and offered that freedom to all who would believe. And I would invite you to rejoice if you already believe. And if you say, I don't know if I believe, then just where you're at in your, in your heart, in your mind, with your words, with, in silence, cry out to God and ask him to show his truth to you. God bless you. Merry Christmas. We will see you next Sunday. And instead of normal church, we're going to have brunch together here at the church building. We'd love to see you there. I hope you have a fantastic Christmas. Drive safe. Be well. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Christmas.